Okay, we're back. This is the Urclinch Fight Podcast. I'm Louis Evans. As always, my co-host, Mr. Michael O'Donnell. Uh, last week, we had a little look at the future of the lightweight division, where we saw it going, who were the main contenders were. And this week, we're going to take a look at the other end of the spectrum. We're going to look at the heavyweights. As the saying goes, as goes the heavyweights, so goes boxing. Meaning, if there are eyes on the heavyweight division, generally boxing is more popular than ever. Um, which heavyweights, though? We're going to be looking at the Ring Top 10 Heavyweights. For those of you who don't know, the Ring magazine is the largest monthly boxing news outlet. And we'll be evaluating who we think is overrated, who we think is underrated, looking at their amateur records, future prospects in the division, and whether or not we believe they can go all the way. For today's episode, we'll be looking at fighters 10 through to 6, but we'll be hoping to do a, another episode in the coming weeks. Follow us on Twitter at Y underscore Clinch um, to be notified of when the next episode drops. So without further ado, we'll move on to our number 10. Bit of a weird one to start off with. Uh, ranked number four at the pound for pound rankings, yet sits at number 10 in the ring heavyweight division. Um, he's 34 years old, Southpaw, the unified cruiserweight champion of the world, Olympic gold medalist in London 2012. It's Alexander Usyk. Had a good fight against Derek Chisora in his last bout. Mike, what did we like about his last fight? What do you like about Alexander Usyk? What I liked about Usyk was in that fight against Chisora, he really controlled the pace of the fight. He made Chisora fight at the pace that he kind of like he likes to fight it basically where he felt most comfortable he kept mm. him behind the jab he kept his high guards kind of you could tell where that kind of technique he developed throughout his amateur days and career sticking to those his basic principles of boxing hit mm. and not get hit i thought he executed that perfectly however um i do think at times he did struggle with the kind of natural size and presence of chisora do you mm. agree with that well Usyk takes a little while to ease into fights. And I, for my money, I thought Chisora might have had the best of him, maybe the first two rounds. He really struggled to keep him off him, got caught with some big right hands, and he kept looping, like, st- like um, standing off straight into that right hand, which is the only thing that really bothered him, really. Um, but as soon as he sort of began to find him out, do you know what I mean, get his rhythm going, he really did begin to take over the fight. And he had Chisora badly hurt um, towards the latter end of the rounds. It's, 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 this is the thing with Usyk. We, we know he is a world-class caliber fighter, but he's, what, six foot three, but he's, what, I think his last fight fought at about sort of 15, 15 and a half stone. Will he fill out? Will he be able to hold his own physically with these caliber of heavyweight prospects? Um, there's one thing doing against Derek Chisora. Can you go all the way with someone like in the likes of um, Anthony Joshua leaning up against you? He's got a supposed next fight with Joe Joyce, WBO interim title. It's yet to been confirmed yet. I like that fight, and it's a different kind, different style of fighter compared to Chisora as well. He's not going to try and slug it out with you. He's going to try and keep you at the end of that jab. Joyce, six foot six, Olympic silver medalist himself. I think that's an interesting fight. What do we think of that? From a fan's point of view, it's an absolutely brilliant fight. It's got the obviously there's a bit of history between them both fighting in the World Series of World Series of Boxing, it's called, I believe. Usyk was a lot more experienced than Joyce at the time, mm. and but Joyce gave a very good account of himself, considering this was before Joyce went into the Olympic Games 
and yeah. achieved all these um, major honours as an amateur. He gave a really good account of himself and really forced the pace against Usyk. Mm. And I thought, made the most of that kind of raw, novice kind of ability that he had at the <laughs> time and really pushed Usyk. But yeah. um, Usyk, when I watched that fight back, you know, Usyk did at times outclass him. You could tell who was the more, who had the bigger pedigree at mm. the time. But now, going into that fight, they've both come such a long way. Like Usyk, you know, undisputed cruiserweight champion. Mm. He's now gone up to heavyweight against, in my opinion, a C-level fighter, again, Chaz Witherspoon. Mm. A, I would say a B-level fighter, really, in Chisora. Do you agree with that? I wouldn't put Chisora in the A category. Chisora's kind of a gatekeeper to those top yeah. 15s. If you if we build up the rankings now, Chisora always kind of hovering around there. Do you know I mean, he'll give you a tough fight, but he's just not the same caliber as... Uh... As you know, as as the people will be discussing today, unfortunately. That's it. I think. Sorry, just to um, also add, uh, I think now that fight in the pros, Joyce and Usyk is, is really interesting because now Joyce is coming off a really big win against Daniel Dubois. Who a champion. A lot of the exactly a lot of the experts actually tipped him to get beat, mm. even though he's the Olympic silver medalist. Yeah. A way a way bigger extended amateur career than Dubois. And also fought better opponents, in my opinion, than Dubois coming into that fight. Mm. He, he fought a good list of B-level opponents. I would Beat say, Jennings, Byron Jennings. Got you know, a decision over him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good the win. Former world champion. Yeah. Stylistically, it's a com complete contrast to Chisora as well. I mean, the, the, the Dubois fight, he just jabbed his face off for most of the fight. Yeah. I mean, broke his eye socket. If he can utilise that range and utilise that physicality and keep Usyk off him, We'll learn a lot about Usyk and how you know he'll fare at heavyweight, depending on how he deals with um, with Joe Joyce. But um, yeah, I, I really like that fight. Yeah, I mean, he's he's such an awkward character, um, Usyk as well. Do you know what I mean like Southpaw? Very few Southpaw Southpaws in that top ten. Don't won't stand in front of you. He's going to utilize that footwork, fast hands. Probably, arguably, the most technically gifted boxer that we'll see today. It's it's just it's whether or not. He can go all the way with 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 the frame that he has. Move on. Uh, coming in at number nine, it's Oscar Rivas. Bit inactive this one. Hasn't fought since he fought Dillian White back in 2019. Lost the fight, but away from home, fought in London in White's backyard. Knocked him down quite badly in the ninth, and you know made it competitive. Were you impressed with him in that fight? I wasn't particularly impressed with him against Dillian White in that fight. I think Dillian White controlled uh, most of that fight, and I mm. believe he was the rightful winner. Going into that fight, again, I'm going to go over kind of the B-level category fighters. Going into that fight, the only the, the, his best opponent that he had beaten, his best win, was Brian Jennings, who he actually had trouble with in that fight as well. He did well to um, kind of... He was a very close contested fight against Jennings, but then he, he got the stoppage at the end, which... I think he needed really to really cement that victory because it was quite uncertain if he would get it. Um, however, against uh, so Dillian White was the kind of the first that he kind of came up against, and he's obviously come up short mm. against Dillian White. However, I also do wonder if the fight was in uh, Montreal, you know, mm. Quebec, where he's based out of. Could, yeah, could there could there could there been a different decision on the cards? Could it could the scorecards been a bit closer? Especially it's a, with uh, Rivas scoring the knockdown. It's that, a big, that really worked in his favour. Mm, it's a big step up going from Jennings 
over to White. I mean, White's a, a top five fighter. It, it, what, what kind of impressed me, though, I mean, he, he he's probably the technically the least gifted of the ones we're going to discuss today. But he is tough. And but he loads up every shot. That's what they say on the commentary. Just you know, there's no like pat pat bang. It's every shot he just kind of loads up, and he'll just charge at you and make you work. Just relentless. I think he he goes back to Colombia sort of semi frequently to do altitude training. So he's just an absolute demon for uh, for cardio. So he'll give anyone, you know, a, a, a hard night. But whether or not he's got the, the, the technical quality, whether or not he could step up. And you know, really put it on these 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 top contenders is is yet to be seen. However, however, at this weight, but not ranked Oscar Rivas, although he sits at number nine in this re- in this list, unranked by any of the top governing bodies, not WBC, WBO, IBF, or WBA. However, sits at number one contender in the WBC Bridgeweight rankings. What do we think of that? For for one, he's I mean he's kind of fights about that rate weight anyway. He's uh, what six foot one, not the not a big fighter. The real question is, you know, do you really want to stick out with heavyweight, or do you want to make a good run and try and be a world champion, albeit for you know a new a new weight a new weight division that hasn't really. I mean, you're still world champion, but it's not exactly coveted. Jeremy's a brand new brand new uh, division. What do you think? Yeah, I I, I think uh, with that. It's, as from a fan's point of view, I would like to see him challenge the, the top fighters at heavyweight. However, because mm. this new bridge weight that's supposedly coming out, this is a chance for him to potentially make history in boxing and become the first bridge weight world champion. Exactly, exactly. If he, More money if in he it. Becomes, yeah, if he becomes <laughs> the first bridge weight world champion, he's left for quite a big mark in boxing. He's made history. Exactly. He's the first, first ever, ever. world champion. Exactly. I, mean, so I, I couldn't blame as much as I kind of I'm not really a big fan of this new weight no you know I if I had to pick between coming a first world champion out of weight class or try and please the fans and go and fight these best you know big heavyweights I'd probably edge towards a bridge one you know <laughs> the money was right especially the WBC were going to give me some exactly for it. Well, why not no could be the first undisputed well that's the thing but there's no <laughs> There's no reason if there's more government bodies that come out and do it. I think there's no reason why you can't move up later anyway. I think bridge weight is what 224 pounds. I'd imagine that's probably about what Rebus is fighting at anyway. If you yeah. you know if you can you can go in make a bit of money become bridge weight title and then you know the the heavyweight fights aren't going away. If you have success at bridge weight and you think fancy moving up, he's 33 years old. He could have another you know three maybe four years left of his career anyway. Do you know I mean, the fighters will be there for him. Plus, it'll do a lot for your credibility and marketability. Whether or not, whatever you think about the Bridgeway title, you'll still be a world title, world champion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or a former world champion. There's no, exactly. It, it, you know, if you're, if you're trying to push for those big money fights, having that title as lame or, uh, you know, whatever you think about it will still do a lot for your, um, for your push. Um, it's all said and done. You, you know, you still go down in the history books as a world champion. Exactly. The first ever as well. The first ever WBC. World ever. <laughs> Speaking of sort of undersized heavyweights, coming at number eight, I know you're a fan, Mr. Michael Hunter. 32 years old, fighting out of Las Vegas, but born in California. Hunter was meant to be America's one great American hope, I think, at the London 2012 Olympics. Lost 
uh, in the first round to Arta Baturbiev, who we'll know now as the light heavyweight champion. What do you see in Michael Hunter? What, what, why, why do you think he hasn't got those big fights? Came has a really good fight against um, Povetkin on the AJ Ruiz undercard in Saudi Arabia. Um, I was impressed with him in that fight. Came out really strong, really put the pace on Povetkin. Couldn't win over the judges enough to give him the decision. Came out with a draw. What, what, what do you think could um, make him succeed in the division? Well, Michael Hunter is blessed with is he's got that agility, hand speed, and the footwork coming from uh, cruiserweights that gives him a good advantage. He can be he can move around, Let's keep these big super heavyweights kind of moving and kind of almost tire them in the later rounds. Just and I think that's what he kind of does. I mean, when I watched mm-hmm. him against um, Martin Bacoli, mm-hmm. Martin Bacoli was quite significantly bigger than Hunter, but because of his movement and the way he kind of wore him down towards the later stages of the fight. Yeah. That's when he kind of got the better of Bacoli. And I don't think kind of Michael Hunter is blessed with that kind of explosive one-punch knockout power coming from cruiserweight like David Hay was or maybe Evander Holyfield. But I think, as I just said, because he's got kind of that... Um, he doesn't carry so much timber and he has that more agility and hand speed, I think in the later rounds, he'll kind of wear them down and get those late stoppages. And I think that's what he's done in his... I think he's got 13... Um, knockouts in his career yeah. only four of them have been kind of like what you know big KOs they've been more like TKOs a lot of those were a cruiserweight as well yeah yeah and he, t- he takes them out late so he uses kind of I think he understands that he's not gonna kind of out muscle these guys mm. or use his weight against them so he needs to kind of make the best of what he has and, then what, and he needs to use his, um, his skill set his natural ability because if we have to do the rankings in terms of who was the most skillful in the division? For me, he'd be in the top five, like Delp. What, over Usyk? I mean, those two, those in two. The top, are... not, not, not the best, but he would be in that top five in terms of... Oh, right, okay. Set, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, 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 of course. Speaking of Usyk, though, I mean, those two have actually fought uh, back in the Cruiserweight days, Hunter challenged for, for you know, the, the, the Cruiserweight titles against Usyk. Didn't get the job done. Have some early success from about rounds maybe one to three, kept Usyk off him. But like I said, Usyk does start slow before he sort of switched on the Matrix and started to work him out and took over the fight. Hunter moved straight up to heavyweight after that fight. Uh, there's, you know, maybe an argument for that he was weight drained, so maybe he couldn't compete at that that weight anymore, that 200-pound weight anymore. Do you foresee the fight going any different if those two were to match up again? Because it's a good fight for Usyk. If he's looking to, you know... You know, he's not an oversized opponent. If he can, you know, he's above him in the rankings. It's a good name as well. Do you like the size of that fight? I would really like to see that fight at heavyweight because what I've seen from Michael Hunter at heavyweight, um, like I said, coming from cruiserweight, he makes the most of his skill set and the speed advantages he has. When I watched him against Uzik in that first fight, what Uzik kind of tends to do, he did it similar to uh, Bellew, he, he starts slow. But then as he gets into the fight, he really gets you know, overthinking like what he's going to do next. And mm. I think that almost tires fighters. Yeah. That's I think he did what Usyk did with Bellew. Bellew was so like, it was such a chess match that he had with Bellew that he kind of wore, Bellew kind of wore himself out from it. All that mm. overthinking of what do I, what, what punch do I throw next? Do you know what I mean? Because Usyk could counter it. He could slip it. He could, and, and I think that's what he kind of did with Hunter. And I think that's why maybe Hunter moved up to heavyweight because of cruiserweight, they're a bit more agile. He might mm. be thinking it's more, it's, it could be more of a chess match against these cruiserweights. Whereas if I go up to heavyweight, these, most of these are big sluggers. And if I'm moving around them and kind of wear them out, 
That's mm. one of the opportunities to kind of take them out late. And maybe gives me a better opportunity to win a world title. And probably mm. more money as well. There's more money in the heavyweight division than there is in the cruiserweight division. There's bigger names and people are more interested uh, in the heavyweights. Uh, for example, you know, if I ask some of my friends who are massive boxing fans, have you heard of cruiserweight? A lot of them will probably say no. Oh yeah, well the money's the money's where the heavyweights are. It's um, it's an interesting one as well. I mean, there's we got two, sorry, we got three Americans in this division. So there's there's really good money fights out there for him. Do you know I mean, I mean, I know Ruiz flies under the the, the Mexican banner. Well, Hunter's next steps really. If I could pick some fights for him, I would actually like to see him in a kind of trio against in, the, in those American fights. You know, let, let's find out who the best is between. Deontay Wilder, Andy Ruiz, and Michael mm. Hunter. We've got our heavyweights in Britain. We've got Dylan White, we've got AJ, we've got jo- Joyce, we've got Dubois, we've got Chisora. We've got our own proper heavyweights, and we, we'd all love it. They all fought each other. Mm. Why would America do the same? Even if it's not for world titles, which is probably you know, the, thing. You, you, the biggest yeah. thing for them, it'd be, it'd be great for America. Because I think. Um, Those fights will sell. That's the thing. Yeah. If you, Deontay you know, Wilder's not even a big. Well, he's not really a big name in America, is he? And he was world champion. I don't know. I think I think things are caught on. I think after the um, Fury, yeah, Fury really did make Deontay's career. Do you know what I mean that that um, that first fight was for my money one of the best fights I've ever seen, um, ever seen live. And then he had a couple of uh, you know I think he has a couple of fights in um, in and around America while they tried to build up his profile for the second fight. So I don't think he's quite the nobody that he was. Uh, back then and as soon as people got whiff of you know the knockouts that he was doing on on people you know he fought Luis Ortiz again knocked him out like pretty badly um I think he's easy his name holds a bit of credibility or a bit of you know a bit of financial power now coming away from America though away from Europe even got Mr Joseph Parker the Kiwi 29 years old probably the most experienced of the heavyweights that we'll speak today for AJ down in Cardiff. We were there. Didn't come up with the goods for Takam, for White in a competitive fight, for Andy Ruiz, beat Andy Ruiz out in New Zealand. Do we think he's good enough to challenge for a world title again? Obviously, we know he can come up with the goods against AJ, but you know, say for example. The division fragmented once more, and you know you can pick up a vacant WBO or an IBF. How good do we think Joseph Parker could be? He's still got a couple of years left; only twenty-nine years old. Got a long career ahead of him. Joseph Parker is at a stage of his career where I think he needs the right fights at the right time. Now mm. he's he's been he's kind of been there and done it. He's held a version of the world title. He's been involved in a stadium fight with AJ, which mm. really, quite frankly, it doesn't get much bigger than that. So he's mm. been at the biggest stage. But I think he kind of knows he isn't as good as probably the AJs and the Furies. Mm. However, he's still relatively fresh. He hasn't taken a lot of punishment, really, over the, over the years. For example, against AJ, he wasn't very ambitious in that fight. He kind of yeah. wanted to survive rather than win. So I think he knew he was kind of overmatched. Mm. Even though I, I didn't think he was going into that fight. I thought he did a good account of himself, but wasn't the case, unfortunately. But against Dylan White, although he, he lost that fight, I think he did kind of get redemption credit from the British fans. Because mm. he did he did try. You know what I mean? He had a late flurry 
and almost took Dillian White out. Dillian White was holding off for his life, wasn't he? At the end <laughs> yeah. of that fight, honestly. So I think he gave kind of redeemed himself in, in that uh, performance there, even though he lost. Mm. But I think now with, with Joseph Parker, he needs the right fight to the right time. He's coming to that probably his last chance of kind of reaching the top. I know he's ranked actually quite highly with the IBF. I think he's ranked five or six. And if he could get a fight with someone like Charles Martin, who's rated a number two. <laughs> That's true. He's rated a number two. I, I think he wins that fight pretty comfortably. And I think that can get him right up there and potentially a rematch against AJ or whoever holds the IBF in the next year or so. I don't know. My only experience of Charles Martin was when he came out in that bloody crown. It sounds like a good fight for him. Like He's, he's good in so many aspects, but just not amazing at anything. Do you know what I mean? He'll always give you a tough fight. He's got decent, fast hands, probably not the fastest feet in the world. Big enough to deal with, you know, the likes of these super heavyweights, the, the likes of AJ, six foot four. It can keep you at the end of that jab. It, it, it might be a good one for someone like Michael Hunter, to be honest. If, if, if you know, if you're... It, exactly. I mean, he's a big, you know, Parker's a great name as well. Hunter's struggling for sort of recognition at the moment. He's a bit of a quiet man. If you can get in there with someone like Parker, who's been there, you know, with some of the biggest names in the division and get a win over him and do it well. If you can use your boxing ability, sort of get inside, keep him off balance, then, you know, that, that, that could be a really tasty fight for him, in, in my mind. I think uh, for Michael Hunter, that's a great fight because Joseph mm. Parker is a big name. But for Joseph Parker, that's a terrible fight. Don't get me wrong. I think, I think Joseph Parker on his day could probably beat Michael Hunter. Mm. You know what I mean? It depends who's better on the night. But I think it's more of a case of, Parker doesn't really need Michael Hunter, someone who could potentially. No really one does do so. Him on, do him on, ask me, no one wants Michael. No Hunter, one, because he's not a name. That's the thing. Well, you know, you beat Michael Hunter. So what? Who? No one. No one really knows. Only it's not the right fight. Right fight to the right time now for Joseph Parker and Michael Hunter. It's not a right fight at the right time for him. I think he needs a kind of. He needs kind of that uh, low risk but kind of high reward kind of fight to the moment that that would lead to a big big payday again. He's got a fight coming up in his native New Zealand. Junior Farr, what do we think of that fight? Bit of a tune-up? It's, it's a hard one, really, because Junior Farr, he, he's undefeated, mm-hmm. but he's kind of only fought that, you know, B and C category yeah, yeah. fighters, saying that, you know, like going back to that B and C category thing. So he could be either, you know, he could be one of those that now he's got that staff up against Parker, who's in that top 10. He could be the real deal. He could either really shine in that fight and give, you know, and beat Parker. But there's also a chat for Parker's point of view. It's also a chance for him to really establish himself now as who is the true king of New Zealand, who is number one, me or Junior Farr. This young but Junior Farr's now challenging Parker for that throne. And I think now, you know, it's a good fight for both of them, really, to kind of establish who's number one over there. And I also think that Junior Farr needs kind of that. Joseph Parker's got a bigger following than Joseph. Than, so Junior Farr. Joseph Parker has got a bigger following than Ju- Junior Farr. So maybe it's a chance for Junior Farr to kind of take that fan base from mm. Joseph Parker in New Zealand and take it over to Britain or the States, etc. Yeah. That's what the money is. Moving on then, and probably the most famous person of those we're going to discuss today, it's the Mexican doughboy himself, Andy Ruiz, former... WBO, IBF, and WBA champion after knocking down AJ, the man himself, back in 2019. Pfft, Andy Ruiz is a bit of a di- weird one. Um, I watched the Parker fight back before this 
before this podcast. And for my money, he had the best of those exchanges coming up against Parker. Parker fought well, you know, tried to keep his keep his long range and stuff like that. But Ruiz, just that Mexican start always coming forwards. And as soon as he got into range, looked like started letting those hooks flow. Always seemed to have the better of the exchanges. Had to had Parker clipped a couple of times. The big question with Andy Ruiz is has he still got the fights anymore? Beating AJ in Madison Square Garden and then having the rematch in Saudi Arabia later that year will have made him rich beyond probably his wildest dreams. And, uh, you know, I think he might have, you get the impression that he kind of knew that as well. He should have 20 pounds heavier for the rematch. He switched camps now. He's fighting with uh, Ryan, the likes of Ryan Garcia and uh, Canelo Alvarez. Hopefully, some of that professionalism will rub off on him. Do we still think he's got a long history, long uh, career ahead of him in this division? Can he go it's all the way? Like, it's like you said, Lou. Uh, it really depends on what the ambition and desire of Andy Ruiz is. Mm. Andy Ruiz, in my opinion, is good enough on his day to give to, to potentially beat any of those fighters in that top 10 on his mm. day. If they're not 100%, Andrew Ruiz will give them nightmares. He will be in your face. Mm. He will wear you down with, you know, his overweight body, but <laughs> freakishly very good hand speed. It's That's- deceptive. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's not just that. It's foot speed as well. He gets in nicely as well. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Good head movement. He's, he is a deceptively very, very talented fighter. It's just... Um... And he's got a good chin. And a, yeah, I know. Very- he got, caught, he got caught with some absolute beams in the rematch against, uh, and came up off of the canvas in the first fight against AJ as well. But yeah, just deceptively good. Whether or not, um, it's, that's the thing. It's, 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 it's such a it's such a disappointment. You just want to know whether or not he feels up to it because there's such good fights there for him as well. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. the, the, the Mexican market for pay-per-views is the largest in the world. They absolutely love it. You know, hence Canelo's sort of the pay-per-view king at the moment. If he could, if he could get back, get into a good, good, you know, you wouldn't even need a title on the line for for to put um, the likes of him versus Wilder, him versus Hunter would be a great fight as well. Who is the king? Who is the next great United States hope? I know he flies under the Mexican banner, but you know he he's based out of California, speaks both fluent Spanish, fluent fluent English. You could market that thing incredibly, but you know it's it's it's, it's whether. He, he has the drive. It's quite unfortunate, to be honest. And the, the Americans, man, you know, when if, if he went back a world title, they, they claim he's American again. They, <laughs> they take him back with open arms. It's he's like, not Mexican, he's American. They all take him back. It's like that old uh, Andy Murray joke, do you know what I mean? If he wins, he's British, but if he loses, he's Scottish. Exactly. <laughs> but um, also as well, going back to uh, Andy Ruiz's new training camp, so obviously now he is coached by Canelo's trainer, Eddie Reynoso, and mm. now he's part of that winning team of the Canelos and the Ryan Garcia. I think it's a really good move for him because you know, coming from his last uh, training camp with Manny Robles, you know, mm. he was probably the top dog, probably thought, you know, I can do what I want kind of thing. Whereas in this in this new camp, this new kind of environment he's in, they, they're not going to take any crap from him. Do you mm. I mean, if, he, if he's not going to dedicate 100%, they, mm. they're not going to be interested. So obviously, I think they're, they're very delighted to have the first Mexican World Heavyweight Champion in their camp. Mm. They've also got kind of this, um, what's the word? Kind of like an ego. Do you know what I mean? They need to, they need to hold on to that winning mentality. They, they believe they're the top team, top boxing team in you know in America and the world. They've got mm. the pound for pound king, the best fighter in the world, Canelo Alvarez. They've got Ryan Garcia, who could become 
hottest prospect in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's be honest. He, he is he is probably the next big star of America. And why does he keep winning? And there's you know there's a lot of potential for him in that camp, but it's all about Andy Ruiz. What 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 is there left? Is it what's the mindset? Does he really want it? He's got everything there for him to be successful. Mm. It's, it's down to him now, really, to how much he can make of this opportunity. Okay, so if we had to rank those who we've spoken about today, how would you put them in the division? So we got Alexander Usyk, Oscar Rivas, Michael Hunter, Joseph Parker, and Andy Ruiz. Do you do you agree with the Ring Magazine? Do you reckon there's there's a bit of dispute there? Um, no, I actually I do not dis- I mean I do not agree with the rankings. Um, I personally think the only reason really Oscar Rivas is in that top ten is because really I wouldn't know. Who else to put in? But actually, no. I take that back. I would actually have Joe Joyce in there instead of Oscar Rivas. Mm. So I think he's got better wins on on his resume. I mean, mm. going back to uh, Rivas's record, he's only the top fighter he's beaten is Brian Jennings, who is really, in my my opinion, a on the slide three fighter. Yeah, yeah, and he's on the slide. He's not. He's not. That wasn't a prime Brian Jennings, was it? No, no, no. And. You know, the first A-level fighter he fought was Dillian White, and ultimately he lost that. And, yeah, I personally don't think he really should be in that top ten. Could he I, be I, sw- the next Bridgerweight champ? Well, yeah. <laughs> he is a potential history maker at Bridgeweight, and it's, it's exciting for him. Do you yeah. think it, it could, it's a great opportunity for him. So, you know, he's not, this guy's not ranked, is he, by any of the um, no. heavyweight it, governing bodies, it, is he? So why it, is he the Ring Magazine one? It is an absolute gift for, 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 a, um, for a governing body to just create another title and put you in at number one for a weight that you've never actually fought for. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, it, it, it is something else. I don't know. Good luck to him. Who who's we have in at number nine then? Yeah. If so Rebass is number 10. Yeah, so i got Rebass at 10. And then I've got... This is the most controversial thing I will say on this podcast, I think. And I, before I mention this guy's name, <laughs> I actually believe, I actually believe he is the best okay. of the bunch we spoke about, weirdly. But my rankings are based on who they have fought at, at heavyweights. Okay. And who, you know, the credibility they kind of had so far at heavyweight. Mm-hmm. And at number nine, I have got Alexander Usyk. Bold, mate. But I understand. I understand your reasoning. I mean, he's the most decorated of all of the fighters that we've spoken 100%. about today, yeah. no doubt. Arguably, I mean, I think if if we were looking at if all of the people we discussed today fought one another, I would bet Usyk's come out on top. I have that much faith in him. But with your reasoning. You're absolutely right. He's he, the only person he's really fought is is Derek Chisora, and Del Boy's not a top ten fighter for by by, by any stretch. Again, B level and C level a heavyweight. That's who he's fought. B level exactly. and C level fighters. Exactly. But anyone who has been he hasn't been an underdog in a fight yet, has mm. he? Or a 50-50. I'm hoping the next year will be will be will be quite telling for him. If if um if uh, say say he fought Joe Joyce tomorrow. And he and he did the business over there over him. Then would you bump him up the division? Could you see him bumping up, being bumped up then? So one hundred percent, because I actually think that Joe Joyce 
will beat him. I actually do think Joe Joyce. If I spent money, I actually think Joe Joyce will beat him now. Erklin's prediction for you, right so there. If he beats Joe World Joyce, exclusive. If he beats Joe Joyce, okay, then he pushes way up that division, and God, he's he's such a threat to all, to all the big names to the top two. He's if he beats Joe Joyce, that would be astonishing. Even you know, what he, no matter how he wins, if he gets that W. That is very impressive if he beats Joe Joyce. And I'll become more of a believer, I think, in Usyk at heavyweight. But also, I've, I've got to mention as well, I've got to give Usyk a bit of props. Um, it is very early days for him at heavyweight. Mm. He's only had two fights. So I can't give him too much stick about the calibre and level of opponents. He's, he's still filling out a bit as well. I think his first fight, he fought about 15 stone, fought, came, came in about 15 and a half versus, um, versus Delboy. Yeah, you know, it's a gradual process. If he can, if he can build that physicality a little bit more, and he might be able to, you know, keep these heavyweights off him, keep them a bit better. It's it, it, we'll see what happens. But I mean, I have faith. I think I think he's got the boxing ability to 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 just keep them off balance and and um and go, you know, really be a contender in this division. Number eight. I've got my boy. Michael the Bounty Hunter. Really? Okay. See, I thought I know you rated him, but I thought you would rate him even higher than that. Why have you put him in at number eight? I put Michael Hunter number eight because he has fought <clears throat> better opponents at heavyweight than Uzik has. I know Uzik has beaten Michael Hunter at cruiserweight, mm. but it's a different ball game at heavyweight division. And I think since they've both gone up, Hunter's beat. Sergi Kuzman, who was undefeated, mm. I think he was 15 and 0 at the time. Dangerous mm. fight that was for him. That was a 50-50. And he knocked Kuzman down as well. He really beat him well in that fight. Um, he also fought Ustinov, who's like six foot eight. So it was a similar size to Tyson Fury. I remember he was scheduled to fight Fury and they were basically the same size. And uh, Ustinov is massive. He's not very don't get me wrong, he's not amazing. You know, he's not a world beater. Mm. You know, he's but he's a big lump compared to a Michael Hunter, and he's kind of uh, been quite highly ranked in the different yeah. bodies in the past. He also fought Alexander Povetkin, who I thought, like you said earlier, he probably did enough to win that fight. I think at times he was, he kind of outfought Povetkin. I think mm. he had the better, he had the more dominant skill set, I think, in that fight. He looked anyway in that particular night. Mm. If you look at that fight, I mean, <laughs> when the final bell rang, Hunter had a really great 11th round and boxed well in the 12th. Like if, if that fight had gone 15 rounds, there's no doubt. I think that Hunter probably would have pulled away. Povetkin looks, well, I mean, Povetkin always looks gasped, but always seems to come out with, a, with an absolute clobber of a left hook. I'm interested to run that one back. I think there's still a lot to be said there and it's a great fight for Hunter. You know, Povetkin, what ranks number four, I think by the ring rankings. Now, if you, if you, if we're taking these as, as gospel and you want to move up those rankings, and, you know, Povetkin's 40 years old. Povetkin ain't going to get any better, straight up, put it that way. Do you know what I mean? You, 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 don't, uh, you, you don't improve once you get past it's, it's, uh, a, it's a terrible fight for Povetkin to go into that rematch as well. It's just such mm. a high risk. I mean, don't get me wrong. If he, you know, if he, if he beats Dillian White again, is he mm. really going to want to fight Michael Hunter? Absolutely he's not. Think, no, he's not. He's not going to go near But him someone him. has to let Michael Hunter in. Someone, not, Michael he's Hunter not is choosing. knocking on the door. Yeah, exactly. Someone, he has to... He has to. Someone has to let him in. Do you know what I mean? You need. You need someone to sort of. Even the promoters don't want him. The promoters yeah. don't even want him. I don't know why it is. I don't think he's. 
necessarily boring. I think it was a bit boring. And, it's just know, not marketable enough, Jimmy. He, he hasn't got the body. Yeah, and, he, and he kind of just did did enough to win on points all the time. I get it. But he, he you know, he is, he is, he's quite action-packed in his fights. That fight against Bebekin was, was a great fight. Mm. And other fights, against Piccoli, that was a great fight as well. And it's like you said earlier, with, with Hunter, um, you said you said with Usyk, you, you, you're interested to see how he could kind of keep these heavyweights at bay more. Mm. And I yeah. think uh, Hunter's done that pretty well so far against mm. his bigger men. And that's for me. That's why he's ranked quite highly for me. And I think on his day, he could, um, he really could potentially beat any of these names if he gets his chance. I really do. I'm a big believer in Michael Hunter, but I just hope it's not one of those stories where he just kind of like Rigondeaux mm. didn't really get those big opportunities that he really should have. And he was, you know, and he was a great fighter. So let's just hope that's not the case for him. Number seven. Number seven. I've got Joseph Parker. Okay. Uh, Joseph Parker, I think, like I said earlier in the episode, he knows, I think he knows that he isn't as good as the cream of the crop in that mm -hmm. division. And I think, you know, again, at the stage of his career, he needs the right fights at the right time because if he goes in with a, with a Michael Hunter, um, maybe, say, an Uzik, someone who can make him really look terrible on the night. Mm. It's kind of all over for him. No one's really going to believe in him again, are they? They're mm. not going to think he can really get there. So I think with Parker, he really needs to carefully pick his fights and, yeah, try and find the best route for him to climb to the top. But he, I think at the moment, like you said earlier, he, he is probably the most experienced in that division mm. and he's probably been involved in the most relevant fights. You know, he's quite... In this modern day era of heavyweights, he has he has played actually a really big part of that. Mm. In that world title that was vacated um, by Tyson Fury, and he's, he kind of opened the division up a bit more, didn't he? When um, with the likes of AJ beating him and getting mm. all these, you know, almost not you know getting these um, not allowing these kind of big names to make their name really by getting the win. Exactly, that makes sense. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like I said, he is a good gatekeeper. Um, yeah. You'll give anyone a hard time, and I think if you beat someone like him comfortably, then you are on your way to to really be a, a mainstay in the division and a real contender. Which means none other than Andy Ruiz in at number six. I fear that this one, you'll have a very different opinion of him this time next year if we ever revisit this. But um, you know, you've got to give him credit. I think. Uh, and this isn't, just, yeah, I, I can understand that. It's not just the, the AJ fight alone either, do you know what I mean? I, I generally think he beat that beat Parker. Parker probably got a bit of a hometown decision when, yeah. when those two fought. It's an excellent amateur career. Yeah, if he can just, if he can just pull, his, pull his trunks up, then I think he could be a yeah. real contender once again. Would you like to add anything to that? Yeah, just with a, like you said, Andrew Ruiz, his biggest opponent. Well, actually, he has two big opponents, his, his weight... <laughs> <laughs> and um, and his desire is yeah. what, what's going on there mentally. He he really needs to just pick himself up. And again, he there is rumours of him now. He's going to fight Chris Ariola in a comeback. Yeah, fight, yeah. Which for for me, um, I think that's a really good fight for him. Actually, it's kind of <laughs> I don't want to disrespect uh, these guys, but it's kind of it's like the battle of the uh, battle <laughs> of the, the overweight boys. men, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> battle of the podges. Like so. That he, and I think if Sunday League fight has a fighting division, then this would be what it is, yeah. I mean, 
we've got this uh, the the mountain and Eddie Hall having a fight. And, you know, this is like the fight <laughs> equivalent of this, isn't it? Like, this is but um, I don't know. He's, he's... Yeah, you know, I don't disrespect Ruiz because he's a really he's a really good boxer. He yeah. really is good. And again, you know, I'd like to see him against kind of like the American boys to see who see number one is against the Wilders. Um, uh, Michael Hunter's the let's throw Charles Martin in. Uh, you got that Konaki who's uh, based yeah. in. Uh, based in America from Poland. Helenius is also based over there now. Yeah. Luis Ortiz. Do you know what I mean? Let's go then. There's Premier Boxing Champion uh, company fighters to kind of fight each other. That are looking at the Sariola now. I mean, it, 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 I fully, if put this way, if Ruiz doesn't beat this guy comfortably. Oh, it's finished. It's over. It's over, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, the guy's incredibly inactive. He fought, to be fair, he fought, challenged for WBC back in 2016. Got knocked out by Deontay Wilder. Sure. He got absolutely, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> as everyone does. But then he's only had, I think, three fights since then, three fights in five years. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. 39 years old, lost his last fight to Kanaki. Yeah, it's the next fight will be very, very telling whether or not Ruiz will, will flourish in this division once again. But to be honest, Ruiz isn't even hot anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're world heavyweight champion, you know, the first ever Mexican World Heavyweight Champion, you know, you're on Conan on weeknights, you've got millions of sponsors and stuff like that. Now you're just the former World Heavyweight Champion. You know, the buzz has gone from around, you're still notable, people still want to, you know, still know who you are, but you're not the guy who beat the guy anymore. You're the guy who beat the guy and then lost again to the guy. Um, I, I suspect there'll be less distractions this time, maybe a bit easier for him. But again, you know, his bank account is full. Do you know what I mean? We, we, he needs to, it'll be interesting to see how he deals with that. Anyway, I think I think that's probably a good place to, to, to round it off there. Um, as I said, we were talking about the Ring Magazine 10 through to 6 heavyweight today. We will be hoping to drop another episode in the near future doing 5 through to 1. You can follow us on Twitter at uh, underscore clinch. That's Y underscore clinch. And you can also find her on YouTube as well. We'll look forward to speaking to you then. Anyway, we'll catch you soon.